Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson. Today is the first day of the NFL Scouting Combine, and each day of the event, I'm going to give you a primer for which numbers have actually shown some kind of correlation to player success in the NFL. So, day one. Uh, This is one of the most interesting days for the Detroit Lions. Today, the defensive linemen, that's interior as well as edge, and the linebackers go. So you're going to see a ton of numbers thrown around today. You'll see 40 times, or if you have a little bit better Twitter feed than that, you'll see relative athletic scores and spark cards flying around pretty much constantly today. But which drills at the Combine actually matter the most? Like, you can get a high RAS from being big or by being fast, or by jumping high, or by being extremely agile. Almost half the players on an NFL roster have a RAS over 8, so clearly it is something that does matter. But given that there are different ways to get that high score, which which of the combine drills actually hold value for each position? I'm not going to be analyzing numbers as the combine goes on this week. Uh, I've been told that Bish and Brown are going to do some recaps for us, and I don't see the point of having all of us doing the same thing on this channel. It just doesn't seem like a good use of my or your time. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to tell you the drills that have shown some significant predictive value for each position group the morning that those position groups are testing. So you listen to this, then you check your Twitter feed later, and you maybe, you know, kind of see some stuff. Uh, Today we're starting with three groups. There's interior defensive line, edge players, and off-ball linebackers. Now, obviously, there are exceptions, and where I'm aware of them, I'm going to kind of go into that a little bit. But there are also a commute, like just a set of commonly held beliefs about the Combine that have been fairly clearly shown to not be true, and I'm, I'm going to go over some of those as well as, as the Combine goes on. And to be clear... The Underwear Olympics do not tell you everything about whether a player is going to succeed or not. A high RAS score does not mean someone is a good player. Look up Sean Oakman. All I have to say. There are some drills where an extremely high score doesn't lead to success in a particular position, but a really low score all but eliminates a player from potentially being a halfway decent NFL player. Again, there are some exceptions in each of these cases, but they're a small minority. If you want to argue, just go look at the work by the sports analytics group at Berkeley or the guys from Harvard who look into these kinds of things. Like, argue with them. They're smarter than me, and I'm just basing my opinions on stuff that they've done. So I'm going to start with linebacker. It's probably the least understood position from fans, from what I can tell, uh, besides quarterback. And to be honest, it's not just fans who don't seem to understand how it works. Uh, I'll start with the drill that matters the least. It's the 40-yard dash. Here's a list of players I've been told by folks using numbers to scout were going to be a great coverage linebacker in the league since about 2007 or so when I started kind of looking at these things. Uh, Owen Popo, Devin White, Martez Wilson, Christian Harris, Michael Kendricks, Mario Harvey, Channing Tindall, Spencer Atkins, D. Winters, Gerald McGrath. 
were any of these good coverage linebackers? No, but they were fast. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, that's what that comes down to. Uh, the 40 does not mean someone is going to be good. Like, you know who Devin White is, but that's at least partially because he was way overdrafted and was the worst player on the Bucks defense that helped Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. He's an absolute liability in coverage. Uh, Michael Kendricks is another name I remembered off that list, but outside of a single year where he got a real, like an abnormally high PFF grade, he, other than that, wasn't able to cover a table with a cloth, frankly. Uh, they're all linebackers who recorded a better than 4-5-40 at the combine. Like exceptional 40 times do not matter for linebackers. Does not equate to success. Uh, that's inside linebackers. I could go through a bunch of names that were listed as outside linebackers as well. Uh, but the ones that did turn out well are mostly pass rushers. And those guys are in the edge group now. Like Micah Parsons ran really fast. Von Miller ran really fast. Uh, occasional outliers like Bobby Wagner ran fast and was good. So did Demario Davis. Uh, but there's basically about four really fast linebackers in the NFL right now that are more than just kind of footnotes or guys that teams are probably looking to move on from, like, say, Quay Walker. Now, you can't run a 4-8 either. Uh, <laughs> like, there's an occasional guy like Brandon Spikes or Vontae's Perfect who had a career, but I didn't really see anyone slower than that that I would say was one of their team's best defensive players. Uh much after about the 1980s. So, so I guess I'll stop being negative now. If that doesn't matter, what does actually matter for linebackers? Uh, I think on this one, what we're going to do first is we're going to score one on the side of old people maybe knowing what they were talking about sometimes. Uh, and we're going to talk about the fact that the most important thing for linebackers is Pat Kerwan's explosion number. Kerwan was an NFL executive who started as a scout in 1983 and was the with the Jets through the Pete Carroll era. He's currently the host of the show Moving the Chains on Sirius Radio, and he wrote a book that I cannot recommend highly enough for someone looking to broaden their experience watching football games on Sundays. It's called Take Your Eye Off the Ball 22... 2.0, sorry. Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0, which is an updated version of the original that reflects changes the game underwent between the publishing of the first version and the second version. The explosion number is a player's bench reps, and then you add their vertical jump in inches, and then their broad jump in feet. And these are three numbers that basically define a good linebacker athletically. Like they're defined far more by their ability and willingness to prepare for games than their athletic traits in general. But if you were looking for three numbers to focus on from the combine for linebackers, these are the three. Guys who didn't run sub 4, 5, 40 times but jumped higher than 36 inches uh, include guys like Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, Leo Chanel, Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell, Malcolm Rodriguez. Why might I be bringing that up? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. How about broad jumps over 10 feet, uh, but 40 is over four or five. Uh, 
Luke Kukli, or Keekly and uh, Kendricks still on those lists. Uh, so is Malcolm Rodriguez, Jack Campbell, Derek Barnes. I guess only jumped uh, 119 inches, so he doesn't count. Uh, but let's look at those bench reps too. Uh, Barnes did 29. Rodriguez did 36 at his pro day. Uh, Campbell didn't do the bench during the pre-draft process. Uh, but there's nothing about anything he's ever done that leads me to think he wouldn't have been up there too. If you're looking for a Lions linebacker prospect in the combine numbers, the explosion score is what you're looking for. Barnes and Rodriguez had good 40 times, like they were both under 4-6, which is fast, but not like historically crazy fast. And Campbell was a 4-6-7. He's the one they took in the first round. That's how much they actually care about the speed. Uh, all of them had good explosion numbers. It's kind of for a Lions linebacker, like that's table stakes. That's how you get in the door. Uh, hilariously, it's the Lions' clearly most athletic starting linebacker on game day by far when he's on the field. Uh, Alex Anzalone has the lowest relative athletic score among the group, uh, but it's still over eight. Since Anzalone came into the league, there's been a bit of a creep as far as the testing numbers go. Like they're just prepping better than they did at that time. And it's only seven years ago. But like the pre-draft training players do now is is night and day different from what it was at that point. But uh that's also way too much time spent on a position I can't see the lines drafting until late day three. Uh sorry for sucking you into my personal axe to grind with Combine Twitter. Uh, here are some linebackers that I do care about. Uh, like, and don't get me wrong. If Peyton Wilson is a lion, I'm going to be super cool with that because him and Jack Campbell beside each other for a decade sounds like a little slice of heaven to me. Uh, um, but I don't think they're going to do it before like late round three, maybe not until day three. Uh, so I'm going to look at some guys that I think are going to go a little bit later. Uh, Jalen Ford out of Texas is one of those guys. Uh, he's a coverage linebacker, uh, but he gets through traffic well, and he is 6'3", 240. Like, he has the body that the Lions want at the position. My main fear here is that he might test himself into a much earlier draft slot than the Lions are willing to use at linebacker. Like, this, this is a thick guy, and the Lions like guys who are thick. Uh, Trevin Wallace out of Kentucky. He's a 6'2", 240 guy who, uh, who could line up at any linebacker spot in any scheme. Uh, he's a bit of a Jared Davis type, but that's good if you're picking like at pick 100. It's just not great if you're picking at top 25. Like he's a guy who basically like if you tell him go here, hit guy, he will go there, hit guy. If you need him to judge things, he slows down and it's it's not great. Um, Nathaniel Wilson out of Mississippi State is going to have a nine or higher relative athletic score. Ragey fluid guy also finds his way through traffic. He also blitzes well, which is a reason I think the Lions are going to like him. And uh, for a guy who is over 240 pounds, he is going to put up one hell of a day of testing, I think, just watching what he does. Uh, the other thing is Kind of like I thought with Jack Campbell last year, this guy doesn't waste steps. He doesn't have to get, like, lose being square to the line of scrimmage to make plays either. Uh, 
he just seems to know where the ball is going to go before it goes. And that is the most important thing for linebackers. I don't really trust my evaluations on players at this point. Like all those guys could go before the end of round three. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, and I, I don't really think the lines are going to go that way before that. Uh, I haven't found a lot of like super deep digs at linebacker that I like right now. But I'm going to switch over to the interior defensive line, which is something the Lions fans should probably care significantly more about uh, because I can't imagine the Lions not taking one or more of those in this draft. And again, if the tape's not there, none of the combine numbers mean anything. But if you're looking for numbers that matter this week for the interior D-line, the first one is weight. Bigger guys are harder to move and they have an easier time moving other guys. There just is straight up a correlation based on role, obviously, like a team that doesn't need someone who weighs 370 pounds isn't going to take them. Kind of limits where Tavondre Sweat might go, uh, but we'll get to him later. He's on my list of guys that I want to watch test. Uh, most numbers, honestly, you just don't want to go too far either way in terms of size. Like you don't want to be too tall. You don't want to be too short. Uh or a lot of the tests just frankly don't matter for these guys at all. I don't know why they make them do them. Uh, for the Lions, what I'm looking for is guys with a high relative athletic score who are 320 or higher. Because they need to replace what they drafted Aline McNeil to be. That's the hole in their defensive line right now because they moved him to what they drafted Levi Owens Enrique to be. Unfortunately. Uh, but let's look at a number here uh, because like weight isn't everything and it's very role dependent. Um, it's going to sound weird, but for defensive linemen, you need to look at the vertical jump. What do Don Taripo, DJ Reader, Linval Joseph, Jonathan Allen, Sheldon Richardson, Sheldon Rankins, Gino Atkins, Aaron Donald, and Damakung Sue, Ed Oliver, Eric Armstead, BJ Raji, Larry Ogunjobi, Haloti Nada, Akeem Nix, Darnell Dockett, Grady Jarrett, Gerald McCoy, Alim McNeil, and Levi Onzarike have in common? Vertical jumps over 29. Guys who can't get off the ground don't succeed basically at whatever their weight is if you just straight up cannot elevate at all you are not going to be successful at this position that 29 just puts them above average at the category which is your your base minimum for having success in the nfl like there's some whatabouts you can go find them there's guys who didn't do that that, that were successful but they are again very few very far between I'm not looking for outliers, and I don't think the Lions are either. Another thing that really matters for these guys is a three cone under 7.75. That's a kind of a, a basic minimum, and I think that's where a guy like Tavondre Sweat is going to uh, kind of fall apart in terms of being a Lions prospect. So, who are some uh, guys that I think are going to do big things in the testing today? Uh, obviously, Michigan's Chris Jenkins is going to crush this day. Uh, the, the, the official height and weight numbers haven't come out as of this recording, but if he's anywhere near his listed 6'3", 305, and he destroys the combine like we think he's going to, that is going to put him somewhere in the top 20. Like there's, there's people who are currently talking about him like he's not going to go in the first round, and I think that ends today. 
Uh, Texas and Byron Murphy, my favorite defensive tackle in this draft. Uh, also probably not going to be there for the Lions. Probably not past pick 20, maybe not out of the top 10. He's not a huge guy, but I mean, 6'1", 308, that is acceptable measurables for a guy who brings the level of athleticism and power that Murphy does to the game. Like, I think he's going to do well on the bench. He's going to do well on the explosion numbers. If the Lions traded up for a guy who was falling, that's who I think it might be. Uh, Ohio State's Michael Hall is another guy I really want to look at here uh, because he played such a weird position for his size. Uh, He played mostly nose, but that's absolutely not going to be what he will do at the NFL level unless he wants to gain 100 pounds. Like he's stout as heck against the run, and, and he did for a nose tackle. He was a heck of a pass rusher, but he weighs 280 pounds. This is kind of a situation sort of like Levi Onzarike was. Uh, he also played a lot of nose at under 300, and that just doesn't work in the NFL. Teams are going to have to project what he can be. Can he be a better Kaminsky? That's the question we need to see here. And some high-level testing, good power numbers, good explosion numbers are, are going to point towards yes. Uh, Tavondre Sweat is going to be the guy that everybody talks about because he's going to have a ridiculous day relative to his weight. <laughs> uh, he's 6'4", and there are people saying he's in the 370 range right now. I suspect he'll have hopefully kind of cut down on that, but he wouldn't even let them weigh him at the Senior Bowl. Never a great sign in that regard, but regardless of what that number is, I think the testing he puts up today is going to be stupid. Uh, and I don't think he is a one-scheme player. Like, he's a nose. He's a nose tackle. That is what he is. But he can be all of the different things that that can mean in a defense. Like, straight up 3-4 taking on double teams from all directions. Yeah. Uh, The other guy in a defense with Warren Sapp. Yeah, he could do that too. Uh, With that said, I don't think the Lions are going to be super into him because his efforts get a little inconsistent. Even like he also takes a lot of plays off, but a guy that big, of course he does. Uh, But when he's on the field, he also takes plays off in addition to the ones where he's not even taking the snap. So I just don't think he's going to be their guy. Um, Brandon Dorless is a guy I think the Lions are going to love in like round three, four, somewhere in that range. Uh, 6'3", 270, 280, someone like that is where he's going to pop up here. Inside out versatile, gets off the line super well, and the Lions love that. Uh, plays like basically super-powered Kaminsky, that role. Josh Pascal, that same type of guy. And the Lions are going to need somebody... It's the, it's one of the spots they need to get better at, <laughs> to be blunt, and, and they might choose that they're going to do that through developing Josh Pascal, which that would be a very Brad Holmesian thing to do, given his faith in this coaching staff's ability to develop guys. But a backup plan is never a good idea, and Dorless can play the edge, too. They need lots of those. Uh, McKinley Jackson, it's not likely to wow anyone at the Combine today, but Man, I love that dude. I'm like, I just like watching him play. Uh, like around 325, he's going to test well enough, at least. Uh, I'd love him in a Lions uniform, and I suspect the Lions would also love him in a Lions uniform. Like, what I'm hoping for from him is a similar profile to Raleem McNeil, where just for that size, he puts up great numbers. 
Uh, Chris and Jeff interviewed Braden Fisk. And after that, I, I took a bit deeper look at him because it's an interesting guy. Sounds great, you know, and uh, multiple positions across the line. Check. Kills run plays dead. Check. Going to have a Raz over eight. Check. The Lions are definitely going to love that dude. Uh, but what about edge rusher, rushers? Everybody loves the pass rushers. What, what matters for them? It's basically a broad jump over nine and a half feet and a 7.123 cone or if your guy can't do that, he's probably not going to be a good edge rusher. Here are some names that fit that mold. It's a long list. Hassan Reddick, Daniel Hunter, Miles Garrett, Willie McInnes, Jalen Phillips, Neil Smith, Chris Long, Jason Pierre-Paul, Nick Bosa, Robert Quinn, Frank Clark, Whitney Merciless, Alton Smith, Justin Tuck, Greg Ellis, Kyle Vandenbosch, Ziggy Ansah, Rashawn Gary, Joey Bosa, Shaq Lawson, Chandler Jones, Jared Allen, Adelius Thomas, Michael Strahan, Bradley Chubb, Preston Smith, Sean Merriman, Olivier Vernon, AJ Ipanisa, Cameron Jordan, Trey Hendrickson, Josh Pascal, Aiden Hutchinson, John Kaminsky. Those last six might have been there for a specific reason. That's two Saints picks while these coaches were there and three Lions picks and an impending free agent I think they'll probably be interested in. And again, combine stats don't tell the story, but if you're looking for one that means something, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that, that broad jump over nine and a half feet for a pass rusher is absolutely vital to whether that guy's going to be successful or not. Uh, for the three cone... There's a few exceptions out there, but if you just pick a random pass rusher you like that had multiple 10 or more sack seasons, he probably had a three cone over or under 7-2. Again, like that one's that one's kind of of the mandatory minimum variety. Like if a guy doesn't hit that, there's a pretty small chance that he's going to be successful. Um, here are some edge rushers I think are going to test really well today. Eric Watts. It's a name you might not know super well. Uh, you're going to hear it a lot after the combine, I think. High weight speed guy needs refinement in his game, uh, but his workout's going to be stupid. Uh, Chop Robinson, also, uh, this guy's fallen way too far down boards. Like, people have been giving grief for a lot of like really fixable things if you have a coaching staff that is looking to fix things. Like, Brad Holmes loved Kayvon Thibodeau. Chop Robinson reminds me of nobody more than Kayvon Thibodeau as a prospect. Like, he might run a 4-4-40. Can test ludicrously well today. Needs some work in his game, but who doesn't coming out of college? Uh, Chris Braswell is the other Alabama pass rusher. <laughs> um, his explosion number is probably going to be ridiculous. I expect a really fast time in almost every time drill and the Alabama guys do what the Lions want. They come out in these drills and they hit bags. They don't tap them. It's one thing as you're watching the drills, if they actually show them doing stuff with the bags this year, which I really hope they do. But for some reason, they seem to think we want to look at Daniel Jeremiah's face rather than a guy doing a drill on the NFL network. Uh, but if you watch the Alabama guys, they hit the pad. They don't tap the pad. And that's a huge thing for the Lions. Um, but it, this episode wouldn't be complete if I didn't give you some guys that the smartest guy in the room would say that they like. Uh, <laughs> how about Jalix Hunt? Uh, it's a name that makes me nervous about the lines drafting. 
because autocorrect absolutely despises that name and will never not want to fix it for me. Um, this guy is very similar to James Houston, uh, except that he comes from an Ivy League background to start. Like he was a starting safety. He started as a safety at Cornell of all places. Uh, now he's an edge guy and like just looking through the senior bowl tape, that's a guy who popped. He just showed up and I was like, who is that? And what is that school? Uh, was Houston Christian. And again, that name was Jalex Hunt. Small school may have given a really nice player to the NFL. Uh, Dallas Turner from Alabama is not a surprising name. Uh, he's going to cement his status as edge one. Uh, but it's his agility numbers that are going to get him there in to, in addition to the explosion numbers. Like he'll, he'll test insane. The only thing he doesn't have is massive size. Um, a couple guys I think are getting a lot of hype that I'm not sure are going to hit these numbers. Like I, I hope they do, but I'm not so sure would be like Braylon Trice out of Washington. I think, uh, just doesn't look like he's going to do well today. <laughs> when you watch his film, good player, good football player, not a good track athlete. Uh, I think Jared verse is going to have a disappointing day. And sadly, I think Darius Robinson might, but again, that depends on how you look at Darius Robinson. Are you putting him out on the edge and leaving him there forever? Then I think the numbers you see might be disappointing. Are you again, going to put him in that like Kaminsky Pascal role where he's an edge and also bumps inside? then you might like his numbers a lot more. Those three are all good players. I'd be perfectly happy if the Lions drafted any of them, uh, but I don't think they're going to test super well today. Uh, they're gamers. They play hard. Their tape is really good. I'm curious where the Raz ends up without great explosion numbers. Maybe I'm wrong about Robinson. We'll see. Watch the drills. You'll see they're the kind of guys who look like they're playing football while they do drills. Bad times plus bag tapping, lethal combo for a Lions prospect. Um, okay, so recap, because we are over 25 minutes and I don't usually do that. On the whole, the explosion score is what helps for all three of these positions. Packer one is always right. That is your takeaway. When you're looking at the combine today, explosion score day, plus the three cone. And you could argue the 10-yard split if you really want to, but... The things I saw, like it just, it doesn't have the same level of correlation. There's not none, but it's not as much. Uh, tomorrow, it's defensive backs and tight ends. See you then. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.